Hey, 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 you guys. I'm so excited to have our special guest with us. And I've actually been talking to this guest for a little while now, and we finally have made it work where we'll have him on the show. And I'm just so excited to have him. He's an amazing pop rock singer, guitarist, and songwriter. If you guys have not heard of him before, today will be an amazing introduction. His name is Mauro Dilo. Morrow's longtime interest in blues, rock, and pop music has fueled his white-hot passion for songwriting and composing stories that makes his audience feel less alone and more heard. Morrow's sit-down conversation approach to his songs enable him to give listeners a sense of humility and empowerment through his storytelling lyrics and his compositions. Morrow is currently working with Grammy-nominated producer David Ivory and we'll be releasing some singles very soon. After spending the bulk of 2020 and 2021 focusing on writing music and expanding his vocal range by two octaves, Mara was excited to start promoting and playing for live audiences. He began touring on the East Coast and Central States, including Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Kentucky, Arkansas, Alabama, New Jersey, and Ohio. Mara also promoted his music releases with a billboard in Philadelphia, and he started a Facebook fan club, you guys. This is going to be really cool, you guys. It's called The Delos. And he attended an amazing music retreat in Costa Rica with several other artists and played at the Music Hustler Live Conference in Las Vegas. Currently, he has an agent by the name of Jen David who actively shops him for acting roles. And he has been studying privately with an acting coach by the name of Joe Carrillo. And Morrow walked in, you guys, in New York City's Fashion Week in 2021. So we're so glad to have Morrow Dilo with us on Black Canvas. Thank you so much for being on the show. It's an honor, man. Thank you for the uh, great introduction. Well, thank you for doing such amazing things that I could introduce you. <laughs> I'm just so excited for you. I just know that you have such an amazing talent. And I actually heard him, you guys, on Instagram. And I was like a huge fan from there. And I just love to see people living their truth, their passion, and promoting something out there positive in this world, because we need a lot more of that right now. And so, Mara, I'm just so excited to have you. I completely agree with you, man. I'm excited to be here. All right. So, Mara, are you ready for some questions? I'm going to ask you actually some questions with titles of songs. And you might actually know some of these songs. <laughs> so if you're ready, I'm going to go straight into them. Let's do it. Let's do it. All right. So our first one we have is Waves. So if you had the chance to travel to any beach around the globe, which one would you choose? And would you say it would be a staycation or not? This might be really fun to see how this he answered this one, you guys. Mm, well, I did. I, I would actually, does it count if I already went and I want to go back? We, we'll give you half a point. Yeah. <laughs> okay, half, <laughs> I get half a point. Okay. Yeah. I would go back to uh, the beaches of Kihei in, uh, on the island of Maui in Hawaii. Um, and w would I stay? Mm, if it was a retirement plan? Oh, yeah. Um, but I, I would want to go back, though, because I went there as a kid and I, w I went old, just old enough to remember going. Um, and I just remember how like amazing my time was there and how the, the, the sand was like, uh, was like the consistency of baby powder. And it was just like, so such a beautiful place to be. Um, and also Hawaii is just, you know, the absolute vibe. There's really nothing. You can't really go wrong. Am I right? Um, 
But uh, at the moment, I probably wouldn't stay because that would be a lot of uh, travel costs to keep flying from Hawaii to everywhere because of all the traveling. But uh, um, as a retirement plan, yeah, I would definitely stay. So the question is, who are you taking with you? <laughs> who am I taking with you? Who am I taking with me? Ah, um, honestly, I, I I would take like my 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 group of best friends. Um, I I don't really feel like I I would uh, take any girls. I don't really want any drama. So I just bring my boys with me, and um, go for it. Hopefully, I mean, if it was a staycation, I mean, obviously I'd have to be on board. But uh, I just I bring my boys. That's for sure. That's cool. All right. So what he's saying is that we all have an open invitation, but he we have to cover our own costs. <laughs> yeah. I love that. That's cool. And I heard Hawaii is kind of expensive. Is that true? Is that a really maybe, you know, the cost of living I heard is a little higher there. Is that accurate? Oh, yeah, it definitely is. But it's too beautiful. And that's kind of the price you pay. Am I right? Oh, I agree. Uh, well, you know, if we ever get an opportunity to go to Hawaii, I know when I went to Belize, like that was one of my like bucket list moments and so going there yeah i love Belize. Oh, yeah. and then i went to the cayman islands and just going to a certain place i'm like wow i just never knew how amazing the world was on the other side and just having a great time so yeah I, if my staycation i probably would say would be between cayman and possibly i did love um freeport bahamas that was nice too um, so Freeport and Nassau Bahamas was really cool as well. So I, I don't know. I'm, I'm kind of torn, but they were all pretty fun. I mean, yeah, I, I haven't been to either, but I know that I've heard about both. They, they sound beautiful. Well, when you do, I'll let me know. Take pictures. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I will. <laughs> all right. So we got another one for you. Willing hands. Can you can you tell yeah. me one piece of advice you would give to our younger generation about altruism and the importance of paying it forward to those in need uh define altruism for me all right yeah so altruism is very similar to like benevolence funds have you heard of like people who give back and and not expecting something in return so it's just kind of giving of yourself to help someone else right right um i would say my biggest piece of advice is to is to point people in the right direction um morally so like i i can kind of I can kind of give you a story. Um, I, this actually happened like yesterday. Um, I was outside of a deli in, in like my town. I was, and we were, I was about to drop off my friend, but we went inside to go pick up some, some drinks. We just came back from a walk. And, uh, and there were some kids outside on their bikes or whatever. Um, and they asked my friend, uh, you know, if, if, if like they'll give him money, uh, but, but would, would we go in and buy them uh, jewel pods, which is like little nicotine pods for their like little vapes or whatever. And my friend's like, no. And I remember we went and we walked in there kind of cracking up. They're like, wow, like they really think we're going to, you know, help these little teenagers with their nicotine addiction. And then we came outside um, of the deli and we're like, wait, how old are you? And they're like, oh, I'm 14. And immediately my friend and I look at each other and we're like, wow. Um, And then we're like, you're better than that. And like, like you don't need that. Like, just stop, stop it with the bad, um, self-destructive behavior. It's not like, it's not, it's just not an okay thing to do. Um, and, and that's, and, and that's kind of the only thing that you can do is just point people in the right direction. Um, and, um, I feel like that's a way that I, I, I like to give is to point people in the right direction. Yeah. I love how you answer that more. And I think that might be something that 
kids are going to learn. And especially with you having fans of different ages and different, you know, backgrounds, this might be great for them to know, hey, that you stand for something, you won't fall for anything kind of thing. And I think that was great that you were able to point them in the right direction. And this might be something that changed their life 15, 20 years down the line. They can go back to, I remember this guy who just refused to enable us in this moment. And it might be something that shifts for them. You just never know. I mean, I, I hope so. I hope so. I hope so, I hope so <laughs> as well. I, sometimes I wish when I was younger, I, I didn't do any of that kind of stuff when I was a, a kid. But there were sometimes I wish I had that strong force outside of my grandfather to really kind of show me and guide me in ways that I just didn't have. And so I think that that's great that you're you're paying it forward in that way. That's great. No, yeah, because as much as like I realized like growing up too, like I uh, I always wanted to like save people. And I realized like as an adult, I'm like, I can't save anybody from themselves. The only thing I can do is just point them in that direction that isn't you know, going to make them spiral downward, you know? Right. And so one thing I always tell people is we can give people tools and it's up to them now to use the tools on their tool belt or for them to continue to have a brand new set of tools that are never being used. And so I think for you, you've given the tool, it's up for them to build a steady foundation with what they've been given. So Exactly. Exactly. I like which, that. Which kind of goes into my next question, take my time. So it goes into... Tell us about your songwriting process, because so, I think it's important to know how do you build a song and make it work? And what was the longest amount of time that you have taken to write, produce, and record one of your hit songs? Oof. All right. So so um, this, th this question is, is a very loaded question, um, because, you know, writing songs um, uh, up until about this year, up until about February of uh 2022 so i started writing songs when i was like 16 um and they weren't very good obviously uh because like i hadn't had i hadn't lived a lot i hadn't gone through a lot but you know like it, it, but i it it definitely gave me an outline of how to tell a story about what i was going through um as like you know i write songs to make people feel less alone you know stuff about you know stories about the human condition that everyone can make their own inferences for you know and and, and like like you said you know to make people feel more hurt um, so, you know, I write a lot of songs about, um, like pain, um, like, like breakups or loss or, it, it, but it's, but that's because that's that, those are the stories that I'm living, um, at the time. Um, and the thing was, is, is I remember I, I, I was able to write a good song, but the thing was, is I wasn't being, I wasn't putting my heart or, or enough honesty or enough of the actual story into it. Like I would, I would, I would give my, I would give my writing a more conceptual, um, projection instead of like a personal projection. And I realized I was being too conceptual when people were like, okay, like I get the idea, but like, what did you really go through? And, you know, and I realized that I, I struggle with this. Um, how do I, how do I put this? So I, I realized that I started to struggle more and more with telling exactly what I would, what I was going through. Um, the more that I, um, the more that I struggle with my, with, with my ability to communicate with people, you know, like, um, you know, it's, it's like, we're all broken toys. It's just a matter of how much you show that you're broken. Right. So, you know, I went through a lot of abusive stuff in relationships and with people in general, and that definitely impacted my ability to be fully honest in what I was trying to say. Um, and I would talk about how I felt, but I wouldn't talk about what would happen. Um, even though like in, in, like I'm a very like verbose person. Like I'll talk about exactly what happened 
in a conversation, but then I, I wouldn't translate that into the song because I felt like if I gave too much of myself, I would make it too much about me and people couldn't relate to that. But then I realized like people can really relate. Um, it just depends on how you, you tell the story. So this, this kind, this is where the loaded part of the question comes in. I joined this organization uh, called WSA run by Kevin Shine. Um, he worked with Jacob Lattimore, developed Kanye West. Like he's like, he's like the man he used to be, um, the A&R exec or head of A&R, um, at a huge record label and everything. So he's, he's, he's like the man. Um, and I, and actually I, what you mentioned earlier, when I performed at Music Hustler Live, I actually, um, I met him at Music Hustler Live and I, and I tracked him down to listen to one of my songs because, um, my song was on the power hour, which is where the panelists at the conference, they critique your song for like, a, you know, a, or a minute long of your song and they critique it. His critique was skipped over and I thought perfect indigo talk to him. And I finally got to talk with him. And I finally got to meet him and he pulled me into WSA and said, you should join. I said, I will. And in WSA, um, they basically teach you the concept of like, when you're writing a song, you shouldn't have to explain it. Like you, like you don't talk like, like when you get on stage and you're a songwriter like me, you should go like, you know, this one's about this or this one's about that. You know what I'm saying? Um, but the thing is, um, excuse me one second, <clears throat> getting over a cold, excuse me. Um, but the thing is, is, is it's different because it made me, um, it, they're, they're basically, um, their way of writing songs is to completely not, it's to completely let the, completely let the song explain itself basically without having to say anything like the word, like the words and the lyrics and the instrumentation, everything should speak for itself. You shouldn't have to explain anything. Um, and that's kind of what helped my songwriting take a turn for the better because it made me be open up and be more honest about what I really wanted to write about um, in, in my own workings as well. Cause you know, while in WSA, you know, we're writing songs to put together a catalog for ourselves as songwriters, because it's not, it's not an organization for, artists or independent artists he doesn't say we're not indie artists we're not indie producers we're indiepreneurs here we're all here as as songwriters even though we may be producers or or writers or artists we're all here to write and be the writers um so it opens you up to you know i mean you know in wsa there's got to be i want to say about between like 30 and 40 members um and it's like a real tight knit uh, group. It's it goes all throughout the country, um, like all over. Like there's different meetups and different like you know different things that we do um, in WSA. And it's a really great experience because not only do I get to be around like my people, you know, like my creatives, but I also get, um, I also get to to be challenged to write songs better than I have before. Um, so you know, my process definitely to answer your question, my process definitely did change. Um, and I, and, and like, for example, like, I remember your, your part of the question was like, what's the longest you've taken to write a song? Um, I can tell you what, in WSA, they expect you to turn around songs in like 48 hours, which is, which is, that's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, that's a lot of, that's a lot of pressure, but also it's, it's like, there's no reason why we can't do it. Um, and, and, and that's, and it's interesting because I'm doing this. I did one in, Fe in February, but there's going to be one next week. It's called a pressure boot camp, which is basically where you you're grouped up with 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 uh, a random group of people that Kevin thinks you'd work well together with over Zoom, and then you write a song or two in in like the span of like four days, 
which is so hard because you have to be in the room without being in the room with these people. You know what I'm saying? Regardless, if you're, if you're, if you're writing for your, uh, every, it's everyone's catalog as, as a writer, but whether, whether it's for you as an artist or not, or like, for example, with, with Kevin's Connections, we, we could be pitching these songs to like Jack Harlow or Dua Lipa or DaBaby or like whoever we want to pitch these songs to, right? If that's who we're writing them for, um, with that in mind. But, you know, as, as opposed to my own songwriting, like the longest it took me to write a song was um, technically, technically Willing Hands, actually. <laughs> um, funny enough, um, with Willing Hands, I started writing that song when I was like 18 years old. And I had, and I, and, and everything, every lyric in that song, um, is, uh, is kept the same from when I was, when I wrote it when I was 18, but the bridge is different. I rewrote that when I turned 21. Um, you know, and, and, and I remember I, I put that song away for like three years because my producer at the time that I wrote it and wanted to produce it with, he's like, dude, I'm going to be honest with you. Like you cannot like you don't have the range of the power for this song just yet. Like someday you will and someday you'll be able to crush it. But right now is not the time. And I'm like, okay, I understand that. Let's, let's work on what, what, what I can control, you know, what, 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 what can be good music. So like, you know, I mean, I, I take criticism really, really well. So, you know, if something isn't right, like I, I beg people to tell me, you know what I'm saying? Um, but that took me three years to go from, I guess three and a half years to go from the start of writing a song to putting it down for three years, picking it back up, and then, um, and then finally being able to finish it um, and start over. So, it, so any of my songs have taken anywhere from four days to three years. Is to answer your question. Awesome. Well, I think that's a great time frame. And when you were speaking about just the songwriting process, it reminded me, reminded me of one of my favorite shows growing up was making a band with um, P Diddy. Um, and I love that show because you were putting so many different people in the room together. You had to go through all this audition period. And then when they were writing songs and producing stuff in just a short window of an album, um, which most albums can take years to produce and just seeing like Danny B. Kane and Day 26 and, you know, the original, the band, I just remember watching that and just admiring just the work ethic of the learning, the choreography, the singing, the dancing, the you know, stage presence they had to work. And then all the the living in one house. I mean, I would be just ready to scream if I had to be in a house with, you know, 20, 30 other people and just not knowing specifically everyone's personalities. And then you're still in a competition mode. And for me, I love that. What It sounds like that y'all all are working together to come up with a solution to not only help um, other artists, but it might be something where this is someone I connect with and I want to work with in the future that is on a Zoom call. So I think that's great that he gives y'all this platform, but that you're able to take it and be more of a, almost like a therapeutic session for a lot of you guys to kind of get to know each other. But also as your song says, take my time, like you really can take your time with your lyrics and listening back to it when you do playback and say, hey, this is, maybe this might work better. And with you being able to take constructive criticism, I think is amazing as well, because then someone else may say, hey, this might work better on this hook or this might vamp or chorus might do better with this. And that's amazing that you're able to kind of decipher, Hey, this is someone trying to give me constructive feedback that can help versus maybe sometimes as musicians, right? Your mind can go into, I worked all these hours on this. I thought it was perfect. 
and it can be hard for some people to take that feedback. Oh yeah, no, it definitely is hard to, to take the feedback. I mean, like as, as a kid, I was, I was bullied a lot, um, and teased and emotionally abused as a kid. So like I I've grown to have a very, very thick skin and like nothing really, nothing really ever bothers me. And if anything, I, I learn and take what people say. And I kind of, because like you kind of, because, because if you think about it, human interaction is just react is act and react. And, you know, I, and it's just all based on how you react to things. Um, in order to to help to to either turn them into something positive or to have something go your way, um, and and uh, what was I going to say? Another thing about WSA was it's funny that you brought up the, the show with P Diddy be, about them staying in the house and everything because that's it's actually what we do with the meetups. We all do a potluck Airbnb, you know, throw in you know some money um, to to pitch in for food and and to and to pay for the Airbnb, and we all stay at the house together. And the thing is, is like the house is never sleeping because there's always people writing um, throughout like the nights and everything. And then we go to the studio and we talk about business and then we get to writing or we get to, to listening. It's just it's always something different at each of those meetups. And uh, for anyone listening, look into WSA if you're a writer, because it's just it's honestly it's, it's a life changing um, organization. I, I, you know, like the thing is, is, you know, not only do you get to be around your people, but you get to, you get to be in a creative environment where you can just, where you can step like for me, like as an artist, I find it really nice to be able to take a meetup, which is like a weekend long to step away from being an artist for like a few days and just focus on writing. It's just such, cause you don't have that pressure of constantly being on. Like you can, you can kind of shut, you can shut your, your kind of like performer brain off for a little bit and just focus on, like the meat and potatoes of what you're doing as a, as an artist, if you're an artist. I love that. Thank you, Mar, for giving us that explanation and explaining that. Cause a lot of people may not have known what that meant and what goes into it. I think you explained it really well. Thanks, man. All sure right. That. So let's go to our next one tangled. So if you had to choose between only singing or acting as a career path for the remainder of your life, which, which one would you <sighs> choose? Oh man, you really put me on the spot. Um, <laughs> um, oh geez. I mean, to be honest, it, it really depends on, um, mm, cause my heart and soul is in the music. There's no question in that. Um, you know, acting is something that I see as, um, you know, a window for me to, to excel as a performer as well, because like acting and singing, you know, they go very hand in hand in the sense of like, it's a performance. It's, it's a rehearsed, not necessarily scripted, but, but preconceived, um, role that you're playing. Right. Um, but like, like, for example, if like, you know, if, if my agents were to send me, um, an audition for a huge movie or a huge TV show, and I was right for the role, and I got it, I would, I would follow that momentum, you know, like, I, I, cause I mean, like, to, but to be honest at the moment, I'm following the, the music momentum that I have. Um, and, and cause the thing is, is like, as, as an entertainer, cause I'm not just a musician, you know, I'm also a news reporter and I, we got to touch on that at some point. Uh, we can talk about that later, but, um, I am, you know, an actor and a model as well. And even I've done runway, like I, as an entertainer, I, you know, it's, it's almost like, there was a period of time where people were specifically one or the other, 
but now it's like people are entertainers. Like if you like, what is it that the guy, the kid that played Dylan Minnette, he played the, the lead role on that show on Netflix, 13 reasons why um, he actually is. He's like the lead singer of a band called wallows. And he does that as well. Like there's like the entertainment is not being an entertainer. Isn't just one or the other anymore. So, you know, honestly, it really depends on, um, my, my, my answer is following the momentum of whatever I choose or whatever is, is like the most fruitful and, and, and accelerating for me as an entertainer and, and fulfilling obviously. But if I really had to choose between the two, I would definitely go with singing. Well, I put them on the spot, you guys. But the great thing about life is you don't have to choose right now. <laughs> Just on any of this question. Yeah, I know. <laughs> so it's always the hypotheticals that get you. Well, I'm going to actually do that to myself. So I'm not going to put you in the hot seat and not put myself there. Because um, my full my okay. full-time career is a counselor. So I love doing that. And I think I want to do that, of course, for the majority of the rest of my life. But the other things I like to do for fun, I write books and then I do the podcast. So I think for me, if I had to do something for the remainder of my life, it would definitely be the podcast because I feel like writing, I've done different types of things already in different types of books. And I feel like that speaks for itself. And I'm not saying that I would never want to be creative again, but I feel like you can use your voice in such a way where that can be a creative outlet for me, where physically writing chapters and content is not the same as coming up with creative questions and talking to different people from around the globe and building that genuine connection. I think I would definitely do the podcast full time because I feel like that to me is something where I feel like it's more of a friendship. Um, and I think the books themselves can be almost an introduction to the friendship. So I feel like I can still introduce myself, but just from a different format, if you get what I'm saying. Right. No, but I, I love that though. I, I think that that's, I, I remember we, we spoke briefly about, um, you know, you and, and I asked some questions about you and you were saying that you were a counselor. And I, I think that that's great, man. You know, cause I remember growing up, um, you know, like I, I, I did have um, a lot of moments where I confided in my counselor, like, like, like at school, like a school counselor. And it was definitely somebody that I could, that I could trust and go to. And I, I love that you're, you're continuing the movement of, of being there for someone who needs it. That means a lot coming from you. I really appreciate that. I, I always tell people, you have to have a passion for your career. It shouldn't be a job. It should be a career choice. And when you start to look at whatever you're doing is just a job or a means to an end or a means to, to become profitable, then you lose sight of really the purpose of connecting. It depends on what type of job you're doing but you really will lose the actual connection. And so for me, I think this is, these are all career choices I'm making where I can still be myself, but I also can allow others to be themselves and feel they can trust and build a relationship, which that's how most music is definitely built. When you think of it, it's trusting your engineers, trusting your drummer, your guitarist, um, the sound man, you know, whoever it is on the tour manager, there's so many components where everyone has to be cohesive and see where we all fit in and allow people to play their roles without questioning their expertise. And I feel like for you, that's what I love when I saw how many different things you're able to do just by yourself. It kind of cuts back some other roles, but it does allow you that when you do need to reach out to others that you know other people in the field 
who can play their role and then y'all can work together as a, as a collaborative effort. No, absolutely. It's, it's you know, building, it's building the right team is, is in any, in any job or any career is like the most important thing because you know most especially as like entertainers like it doesn't it takes a village you know what i mean it's not just one person um and you know i I just find that you know at the moment like i'm building a really solid team um of of people that not only that i that i can do successful work with but it's the people that i love too like getting to do what you love with the people you love is 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 what i i what i think should be everyone's focus one thousand percent i agree with that and that that's what makes your music amazing and speaking of amazing music i actually saw the visual for this next question breathe you which i thought was amazing and so i want to talk about who is one person in your life that you have lost that truly inspired you to become the amazing person that you are today it's a tough question I don't I would, want to break down when I say loss. It doesn't have to necessarily mean death of a person. It can just be maybe something yeah. you've kind of maybe lost contact with or not as or whatever, however you want to word it yourself. Yeah. Um, hmm. That's a, that. That is that is a good question. Um, hmm. I would, I, you know, honestly, I would have to say, uh, my grandmother passed away, um, back in, it would be two years on May 4th. Um, she passed away from natural causes, uh, not, not COVID. And it was right when the pandemic started kind of, um, and the thing was that she was always my biggest fan and always someone that I felt like, uh, I connected with on that side of the family um, more than, more than most. Um, and, and just being able to, to enjoy her existence while she was here with us meant, meant a lot. Um, and whenever she passed, it didn't quite hit me right away. Um, but you know, when I was finally able to, um, to grieve that, you know, and go through that grieving process, um, it made me realize, you know, like, wow, like I kind of, I kind of just lost my biggest fan. You know, and that was, and, and that was, that was, and it wasn't, you know, obviously my grandmother, but on top of that, it was also like, wow, like someone that, that loved me for what I did um, and for who I am, you know, and more, more than, you know, probably not as much as my parents, but, but, you know, just someone that really supported me. Um, and it, and it, and it gave me an outlook on life that made me realize like, I, if I'm going to, if I'm going to chase my dreams, I can't stop sprinting. Wow. You know, and I, and I can't let anything get in the way of um, of having my eyes on the prize, no matter how tempting it may be. I love that that phrase you just said about you know, if I'm going to chase my dreams, I can't stop sprinting. I think that is that is something you need to have as a daily mantra that you can kind of recite for yourself. I mean, yeah. it just reminds me of you know, a lot of people who are winning in life. And I want to kind of say this to you. This is something that just came to me and I think might be great for you to hear. But that she's actually playing a role when you said, kind of like I've lost her, my biggest fan, you've actually gained a fan from a distance. And it's just, 
like she can still be it's kind of like when you're when you do finally get to that point mar when you're selling out amazing 50 100,000 um people arenas and just people are just supporting you and you're like wow and you just start looking and they have lights f- flickering or people holding their cell phones just think of her as being that one way at the top that you really can't see but that is screaming and cheering you on the most like that is who she's going to be for you and it's going to be a guiding light that gives you the strength and the know-how that I'm doing the right thing and I know that when the lights dim and when there's no other lights in the room that she's in my heart and so I want you to kind of hold fast to that um, because that has been a struggle for me losing people close to me Um, and each year it's like how do I make it how do I make it and it's like I'm actually having more breakthroughs instead of feeling like I'm falling apart and breaking down at each moment. And so I wanted to share it with you. Maybe that's a new way of looking at it for you. And also maybe even dedicating a song, writing a song just for her. And that's something that you can always listen to in the future and say, hey, this is a part of hers in this song. Yeah, it better be a damn good song if that's the, <laughs> if it's a song. Yeah. But yeah, I know you're right. And, and and I like that that concept of uh, you know all the all the flickering lighters and cell phones. She being the one at the top, I like that. I have to remember that. Yeah, I think that's going to be something that you will hold fast to, and it, it'll be something that can center you if you ever get stage fright or get nervous ever performing. Just look look to the sky. They don't know if you're looking at anything specific, but that might be a way for you to just build that connection. Um, do you mind sharing with us your grandmother's name? Her name was Grace. Wow. Um, yeah. And I actually, obviously, like, I can't show it on, on uh, Spotify podcast, but I do have her name uh, tattooed on my chest with some roses coming out of it. Um, and I got that tattoo. I, I, I had a few things added on to it over time, um, but I got the tattoo in August of, uh, of 2020. So what was that? Five? No, no. Three months later, I got that tattoo. Um, and it's, you know, and the thing is, is like, it, it's, it's her name, but also it's just a reminder to be graceful and to have grace in my heart. Um, and, and, you know, and what I do. I love that. And one thing that my listeners know, I always say is that we need to give each other grace or find grace in small moments and to focus on being more grateful and developing gratitude and less of being proud and and let others be proud of you and let you be grateful for your experiences so i think this is great i mean i would love a song with the, the name grace in it like that might be really cool you never know no yeah i think it, i think it might be yeah planting a seed <laughs> and we're gonna let it grow <laughs> <laughs> all right so i got another one for you find your own way so this is gonna be really fun um, what has been one of your biggest mm. life lessons you've learned thus far in your life? And if you could give your younger self one piece of advice, what would you say to young Morrow? Oh, um, I would say, um, how do I word this? Um, not everything is is an impossible math equation and to not overthink um, would probably be um, my biggest life lesson. Cause I find myself as an overthinker um, thinking too much about um, 
how to approach things or what to do or, you know, like I'm a very detail oriented person, which isn't a bad thing. Um, cause like, as like a musician, especially like, you know, you notice things, um, so much deeper, uh, on a musician level. Like, like if I'm, if I'm slightly off in the way that I pronounce a word or pronounce a phrase or hit a note or like a, a hiccup in my playing. And that also applied to like, it's interesting. Like I never, I was never an academic. Um, so in school, um, I never, I never quite thought enough. You know what I'm saying? So I always, as an overthinker, I always thought about that. Cause the thing is, is like the things that were really hard for me, um, as for all of us, like it's, it's easier to think about those things, right? It's always easier, easier to think about the hard stuff or to, or to let it cloud your mind than, than the easy stuff. Cause the easy stuff we think about it and forget it. Right. Um, but, um, I, I wish that I would have instilled, um, a part of myself not to be such a, a too, a Dutch, such a, as a deep thinker. Um, because like, even though I am a deep thinker, like there's, there's being a deep thinker and being too deep of a thinker. Um, because then like I start to ramble and I start to get off track. Um, and I mean, like that's also part of my ADHD and ADD and OCD shining through, you know? Um, <laughs> but it's, I find it, um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't change, um, how I've lived my life. But if I had to go back and tell my younger self, um, something else besides not to overthink, um, I think it would be, um, not to overthink and, and, and honestly be, be more confident, be more confident because now, um, as an adult, I find myself in a place where, in, in a medium where I can be confident in what I'm doing, but I was never confident in school because academics were never like my thing. And also, you know, like I was still going through my identity crisis of like, you know, I, I grew up as, um, like I grew up playing music, but I also grew up going to school. Right. So, um, music was always what I truly was and what I am, but growing up, you know, like I constantly thought like, you know, I remember thinking like, I wanted to be a doctor. I wanted to be, um, a teacher. I wanted to be a geologist. I wanted to be a meteorologist. I wanted to be like a bunch of different things. And then I, and, or, or even like an engineer, I wanted to be for a bit, but I realized that whenever I was studying or looking into any of those things, I didn't know anything, nothing made sense to me. And you know, and I found that, you know, now that I'm out of high school, I've been for four years now, it's and, and pursuing a career in a medium where I can be myself and be my most confident self. Um, I've seen a great, um, a, a great difference in like life improvement. So I would definitely tell myself to not think as much and be more comfortable with myself. I think you hit the nail on the head, Morrow. I think I wish I had told myself certain things I'll be in a much different situation closer to 40 now that I'm getting closer to that area than I've ever been and your mind goes to man a lot of your life has been lived and what did you fully accomplish but I feel like now I'm actually living a lot more than just existing and I feel like there was a lot of in my 20s of just still like because I switched careers um, I have degrees in business and accounting and then switching to counseling for now the past eight years, you know, I know I'm doing what I should have been doing maybe in my 20s, but I don't think I was mature enough and I was in the right headspace to even wrap my head around this type of career. So I think sometimes when you go through challenges and different life experiences, 
that you get to reshape, you know, where your actual existence in whatever type of job or career lies. And that's why I love early when I asked you the question about choosing between singing or even acting. Like, who has to make that choice? There are some amazing actors who started careers in their 50s and 60s and didn't actually have the careers that some people who started maybe as a child star, singer, or actor who later in life, you know, they lived the full life pretty much from childhood to mid-adulthood that they really didn't have an opportunity to really enjoy other things that they might have wanted to do. I would think of people like Michael Jackson, who's, of course, one of the biggest entertainers of all time. But was he? did he really want to follow this career or was that something that was pushed upon right. him? Um, and he ended up, you know, following suit and being successful. But what is success to each person? And I feel like that is something that I always remember of just seeing so many, like Drew Barrymore, another one of child's actress, right? And we think of just so many other people, Janet Jackson, who is one of the biggest stars as well. And you just start to see those challenges that people can face. They get older and they're like, what do I do with this? Britney Spears, Christina Aguilera. I mean, we could list hundreds of thousands of people we've seen, but we don't really know their true story. And so... I love that you said, hey, maybe just be more confident and, and, you know, almost like wait for where you're going to be 15, 20 years down the line, because sometimes we don't see that, that, that actual tunnel having any type of light because you've gone through, like I said, emotional abuse and bullying and all those things. It's like, is this what my life is always going to be? And so I want my listeners, especially my younger ones who listen to this, to know that you can become successful and you can have people who love and care about you and support you even when you don't believe that that day will happen. I think Morrow is an example. I'm an example of that, that sometimes people will try to dim your light to make themselves shine because they don't have confidence in themselves. It just be, be yourself, respect yourself, set boundaries, and just be aware that when you finally reach that pinnacle mm. of your own success, that you worked for it and you don't owe anyone an explanation for who you are. It's a great way to put it, man. And uh, it means a lot hearing that from you, man. I appreciate that. I, I see you and, and I, and I feel the same way, you know, it's, it's, you know, we, I feel that we're both good. Well, I appreciate that coming from you. And like I said, it goes into my next one, which you kind of already answered it. So I'm going to kind of skip past the first part of it, but the next um, question was called untouchable and we talked about what is a model for 2022 but I think he just gave a great one of being confident can be a great motto but the next part of that question is if you could perform at any venue around the world which place would you choose and who would you want to record music with that you are dying to work with uh those are very easy questions for me uh, I would play the Wells Fargo um stadium in Philly um and, you know, if I, if I were to, if, I mean, if I could sell it out on my own, that would be amazing. But if I was opening for John Mayer, I think I'd, I think I'd crap my pants um, in enjoyment. Um, but I would definitely say that, that John Mayer is definitely that artist. Um, he's kind of the, the reason that I got into songwriting um, as, a, as, a, as a teenager. Um, and I remember, I think it was like, I think it was right before, like, I wrote my second song. I really got into his music and I was like, wow, like he's actually got something really interesting and cool that he's doing. Um, so I started listening more and more and more. And I, and I started to fall in love with exactly what he was doing because of the fact that I grew up on, on the same music that he grew up on like blues. Um, 
and, and rock music and, and specifically like classic rock as well. I have my dad to thank for that. Um, cause I listened to whatever he had on, you know, and I always loved that type of music. Um, but I also find that like, you know, it, like if I got to write a song with him, it, it would definitely be, it would just be a life changing experience. Um, you know, I, I, I've gotten to, you know, to meet some pretty awesome songwriters and to meet some pretty awesome people, but not like not gotten to write with them. Like, um, like I got to meet Acob once. It was just like, I, I saw him at one of his events and I was like, Hey, can I get a picture? Um, but what it have, but what the, what the experience would have been to write a song with him would have been amazing too. I mean, um, but that's kind of like back to what I was saying earlier. Like, that's kind of what it feels like a WSA is, you know, like I'm writing with people who are just as, if not more talented than, than some of the greatest people that everybody knows the name of, you know? Um, so yeah, that, that would be the answer to my question. <laughs> Well, John Mayer's name has come up so many times on his podcast. Like, I love John Mayer as well. And, I mean, oh. he is one of the consummate professionals that you can think of. But just yeah. a amazing person as well. So, I just, from what I've heard about him. So, one thing, John, if you hear us, hopefully one day you can reach out to all of the guests who brought your name up. Because I'm like, I believe in manifesting <laughs> positive energy out there and believing in your own truth and saying hey this is what i want and, and i will tell you 95 percent of the guests that's been on this show whether if they reached out to me or i reached out to them i felt like it was right at the right time and i will tell you a lot of them have just really blessed me as a person and helped me to to see life from a different angle and i feel like that moment's going to come for you mar where you're going to really have that one what if it's a ghostwriting situation or if it's one where you are on stage performing that you're going to be like, wow, I can't believe that I was a part of this iconic moment. And this will be something hopefully you and I can laugh about in the future and be like, when you're actually at that staycation in Hawaii, you'll be like, oh, I'm sitting on this house because of this situation. <laughs> but I think that'll be, that'll be a That's great goal. But I feel me. like you, you have to believe and receive it. And if you're not believing in your own self, it's hard for the blessings and positivity to actually come back full circle so i feel like yeah if john mayer is on your list keep him on the list <laughs> oh he's not going anywhere <laughs> all right so i have only a couple more questions for you so next one we have is magic garden if you had only one wish in your life so there's only one what would you want to see changed in the world today so you only get to change one thing in the world what would you want to change if I had to change one thing in the world, um, oh, I mean, it's not that controversial, but I would say, um, mm, I, I'm deciding between two things. Um, oof. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the with the uh, with the more social stance. Uh, I was gonna say, um get rid of TikTok, man. Um, as, as like, I know that like, I'm a, you know, in, in, you know, a public figure and an influencer and, and what I'm doing and everything is, is very much like social media centered, but I feel that the TikTok is just filled with, um, with disposable content that turns you into a zombie. You know, like I've seen, I've seen, I've literally seen people who before TikTok were very, were, 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 were very different people. We're very like, uh, 
very social and very outgoing and very like co- cohesive in conversation, but they've turned it into zombies. And I feel like it's just a platform. Again, it, it just seems like a platform that's ruining people's brains. And, you know, like every time that I'm sent to TikTok, I, you know, and if it's funny, like I'll save it and send it to my friends and be like, ha 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 funny. But I, I keep myself from scrolling on there because I see myself becoming that zombie, you know, and it, and it, and it, and it but it impacts the big, the biggest picture part of it is like, it's impacting everyone's ability to like be a person and to have a conversation at least. And I mean, like I'm, I'm 22 years old. I was born in 2000. I'm Gen Z, I'm like right in the middle of it. So I'm, I'm kind of in that zone where, you know, like literally everyone is using that app or, or using it or, and again, and again, like I I know that there's the format of it, um, like a similar format on Facebook and on Instagram and that like, there's all these different formats that kind of mimic that format. Um, but, but again, it's, it's also just, it's also the most disposable, you know, um, content base and, and, and my, and, and back to WSA, Kevin Shine sent me an article about, um, I, th- I'm pre- I think it was Big Machine. Um, and they were saying that all the artists that they signed because of their massive TikTok following or their massive song on TikTok, they all failed. Because it's, cause it's, a, it's a platform with completely disposable content. Um, and, um, and, and it also, it just doesn't, it doesn't translate to streams or follows or anything like unless you unless you blow up doing something really really funny or toxic or um or or controversial or innovative on tiktok you're not going to blow up at all it's just it's just one and it's also a very like um demanding platform because they expect you to and again like the more you post on a social media platform the more that like the more you use their app the more they're going to show your posts right because you know that they want people on their app, right? But it's like a demanding level of like five posts a day. Like if I couldn't imagine making a five sing- five singing TikToks a day inside of the schedule that I have, um, with with the best quality and and um, and performance assurance. You know what I'm saying? So it's I, I feel like also that there are other platforms that are, you know, obviously like you know, toxic is kind of subjective. Uh, between each platform and like who uses it and who you know uses it but i feel like there's just there's better platforms out there to like for me like i'm on social media because you know i'm i'm promoting a brand um this is my business you know i'm running a business here and this is a this is the portfolio of the business i'm running that's the way that i see my facebook and my instagram page you know that these are places where like this is business for me like i'm not exactly the most like i enjoy social media i enjoy pushing my brand and, and, and building that portfolio for the public, but it's not something that I would be doing if I was uh, doing otherwise, if I had like a different career choice. Um, so, and, and the thing is, is like, I'm, I feel so passionately about this because, you know, uh, being born in 2000, I didn't grow up with, uh, with smartphones, you know, but you know, like I, I mean like, well, I, we, I did, but I didn't grow like I, I, I didn't grow up with, with a cell phone. I grew up with social media and watching social media grow the way that it did. I'm just seeing, you know, like the, the, there, there's so many, the, the, the benefit of social media almost um, like specifically like TikTok or, you know, stuff like that is like for gratification. Um, but I've seen like social media take a mental toll on not only myself, but other people that I know. 
Um, and it's, and for some people, it drives them crazy. So, you know, I, I just think that, you know, um, there are certain platforms out there that, that should, um, that shouldn't be, um, as important as they are is, is, so that's, so that's what I would change is, uh, is ask the ticky talk. Okay. So I think for me, this is a hard one. I think one thing I would change if I had the opportunity is, that people would have to sit down at the table each day and have goal meetings. And when I say a goal meeting, like before you wake up in the morning, you ask your family or friends, what's your goal for today? And then you actually check in with them at the end of the day and confirm that they did complete it or come up with a different goal. And I know that's the counselor and me talking, but I feel like there's there's not enough of that going on. If you really think about it, how often yeah. do people kind of reside in their bedroom or they eat out at a restaurant and they don't really sit down and talk or people have their phones in their hands and they're actually not even engaged fully because they're busy getting an alert or they're texting or, or, or they're on TikTok, TikTok dancing, right? <laughs> and so it's true. And I mean, it's it's one of those moments of, I remember when I was younger, like we had a curfew. We had times that we had to sit down and do certain things and we were not allowed to do any of this. If we had to wash dishes and we had to clean, like I was just so used to responsibility and I was also used to structure um, in, in a certain context. And, and so for me, that helped me to kind of look as an adult at things a little differently than maybe I would have if I was maybe born in a different generation. But then we think about it, life has evolved for all of us. We think about grandparents, great-grandparents, they had different things they had to face and they experienced life different than we have. So it's only going to evolve from here, whether if it's a positive or negative direction, we'll have to wait to see. But I always tell people, it's like, we get to choose, you know, the change we want to see in others and ourselves by who we surround ourselves with and how we actually live our own lives. So some people can want to change they say, hey, Mara's doing this and this is cool. You know, you can influence them without being an actual influencer on those platforms. Like people can see, like in the beginning of our conversation, you guys, he was able to do what? Talk to some young kids who were going down a maybe a destructive path and you can still influence without actually having to get on and make a PSA about it. So I, I think that's a good way of thinking about it. So exactly. You do. No, I, I definitely agree with you about, you know, talking about daily gratitudes and goals. Um, that was kind of, that was kind of the other, the other route that I wanted to go was talking, was, was like, like talking about gratitudes. Um, that's kind of what, um, what I focus on a lot in, um, in the CRM program that I, uh, that I work with. Um, I'm in their platinum program. It's called Modern Musician. And, um, and, and each, each, whenever like we have like a call, to, to set up a part of the CRM, we always talk about our wins and gratitudes. And it's definitely something that I, I you know, I feel passionate about too, because, you know, the thing is we get, we, sometimes we get so caught up in being so busy. Like I, I always did that. Like, I wish that, I wish that I sat down every day after school growing up and thought about like my wins and gratitudes, but every day, like I was, I was too busy trying to just rush through my homework and get in the studio to, to, to learn songs. So like, I, I wish that, and even I've found, I've even found that like in my, in my professional life now, like I, I don't, I don't stop and, and look back on what I'm proud of that I, or what I'm proud of that I just got done or that I have done, you know? And it's, and I feel like that's a really important part of, um, 
reminding ourselves why we do what we do, you know, and how, and how we're passionate about it. You're right. And I think like that's, that also takes wisdom and maturity to get to that point. And I feel like you have gotten there at a very young age because you have lived a life that most people have not lived. And that's, that goes back to just the way you were raised and, and how your family kind of showed love and respect and honesty and integrity, those core values that we live by, like they were able to give that to you and you just been able to manifest it in your daily living, which is something that helps you, like I said, in your career choice, because if you don't have a, a great set of morals and, and compass or uh, values and integrity, in this industry, you're either going to get eaten alive or you're going to be the one who's taking advantage of someone else. And so I think that's good that you actually have that support and keep you grounded. So when you do become that massive star, they'll be like, hey, he's still Morrow. He's He just has more money. You know what I'm saying? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Morrow. So I only have two more questions for you. So the first one is, um, how can our listeners find you online? And the last question I have is what is next for you? All right. So where you guys can find me, uh, there's a link. It's, 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 I'll spell it out for you. S O L O dot T O slash M A R O D E L O or solo dot T O slash Mauro Dilo. Um, it's basically like a link tree. You can find links to everything. Um, music songs, um, music videos, press releases. Um, I do meet and greets as well. Um, and I, and I also have my private Facebook group, the Delos links on there as well. Um, it's basically just the one-stop station, uh, for Mauro Delo. So that's solo.to slash Mauro Delo. All right. And do you have any new stuff that you know that might be coming out very soon? I know you might still be working on some things, but is there anything, you know, definitive or are you still in the works on a lot of that stuff for toys music? Something that I'm very definitive about related, kind of related to music, uh, but not really. Uh, there's a new app that just launched. It's called Purified News and I'm one of their pioneer reporters. Um, so basically how Purified News works, it's an app that you can find on the, on the Google Play or App Store uh, for Apple, so it works on all devices. And basically, we're all focused on giving you the who, where, what, um, where, and how without the why. And, you know, so no political bias, um, no opinions or, or prejudice or anything. It's, we just report what happens um, as if we're talking to our buds. So it's like an organic way to receive the news. So go check that out, uh, Purified News. It's on the Google Play and App Store. Um, but new things in music. Uh, tomorrow, I am performing at the, uh, the Launch Music Conference. Um, I'm actually there um, in, in Lancaster right now uh, at a campground nearby uh, preparing for the show. So I'm really excited for that. Um, I also have some gigs coming up with uh, like more showcase gigs with my producer, David Ivory, um, at the end of this month and in June, as well as, um, <clears throat> excuse me, as well as uh, another pressure boot camp for next week in WSA. So um, I'm putting my nose to the grindstone a lot. And, uh, you know, still, and, and the thing is like, as an artist, and I'm sure all artists can relate, um, you know, like you never stop developing, you know, no matter where you are in the game, you never, you never stop learning. You never stop um, continuing to build your abilities and your craft and honing it. 
Um, and then even despite sometimes, you know, you may lose it every, every, every once in a while, like if you take a break or if you, or, you know, if you, you go through a lot of stuff, but at the same time, you know, um, it's just, just a parting thing. Just never lose sight of, uh, of your goals and dreams. And I'm glad that I, uh, I'm glad that I have my, I'm glad that I have mine in order. Well, we're glad that you're going to be not only hopefully touring the world very soon, but that you'll be performing tomorrow. And it's in Philadelphia, correct? Uh, close to Philadelphia. Close so to Philadelphia, it's, Lancaster, yeah, it's correct? Lancaster. That's or, or or as the rest of the country knows it, or world knows it as Amish country. Um, it's it, it's 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 in Amish country, but it's not Amish country. You know what I'm saying? Uh, yeah, gotcha. I saw my first Amish person today. It was very interesting. Okay. <laughs> that was very interesting. <laughs> We're going to talk about that one-on-one outside of the podcast. That's that's a different conversation. <laughs> yeah, that was, it was interesting. It was cool. That's awesome. Well, we thank you so much, Mara, for being on the show. And let's remember you guys to embrace our uniqueness because the world is our canvas. Well, we really appreciate you, Mara, for being on Black Canvas. And I want you to come back, hopefully, in the near future, to be on my second podcast which is space between because we would love to hear these songs that you have written and performed we would love to have you back i would i would love to be on space between um i'm really excited for that let's let's set it up um i'm definitely down all right well i will definitely get with you we're going to pick some dates in the near future and hopefully we can catch some you guys in between his songwriting and performing but yeah i'm hoping maybe june july we can hopefully have you back a little sooner than later and be able to hear how amazing your voice sounds and be able to sing and rock along with you. <laughs> Thank you, Jerry. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. And I can't wait to be interviewed by you again. You're a great interviewer. Thank you for today. Oh, no problem, Mara. Well, you have a great rest of your day and have a great time on your show tomorrow. Thank you so much, man. Thank you so much, man. You too. Okay. All right. Bye. Bye-bye.